Ladies and gentlemen, cats and kittens, we're back for Concast. It's going to be the first one of 2015. Uh, yeah, you're, you're the cat in this scenario. I mean... Yeah, Oh, God. Nobody listened to that one. <laughs> Nobody listens to it. I mean, we have a strong and healthy audience. <laughs> I haven't looked at the metrics in a while. I don't know if that's because I'm afraid of what they might actually say, or because I just don't care anymore. You're wasting your time. Yeah. yeah well, I mean, everything. I you do would is, be anyway. Whatever yeah. You exactly. I. It's life, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Really? That, that's that's how it works. Boy, you are just a bright shining light today, Tittles. No. Well, you might as well give yourself the illusion it means something. You know. <laughs> Keep yourself going. I'm not saying you shouldn't. I'm not saying that's wrong. Uh, you're going to become a nihilist over time, and it's going to be funny. Yes, over time. <laughs> I cannot actually talk English good. Yeah, it's funny. I, I say you know, how I can't talk English good. You know, Tittles, uh, our listeners may not, but uh, my office for my day job, which is not con. I cannot make this clear enough for you people. It is not con. My office recently moved from the suburbs into the city, and uh, now every day on my way into the office, I have to walk past a uh, school for English that is intended for people who um, are learning English as a second language. They actually do um, call the school Talk English School. Now, that's that's what it says on their signage. I'm sure that what it means is, like, talk is actually the name of the school, just talk, and then the subtitle of it is English School, but the way they set up their branding makes it look like it's all one phrase, so it's talk English school. Like, these are not the people not I want to learn my English that. from. It's not really selling it. But then and, I suppose if you're the kind of person who'd ever go there anyway, you wouldn't know. Yeah. I, I'm, Maybe I'm it's like so... a hook. They can teach you why the sign is wrong. <laughs> I, after three months of seeing the sign a couple of days a week, I'm, finally, I'm glad that I finally got to tell that story. <laughs> that's that's, that's <laughs> been in the back of my mind for quite a while now. So, Enough stories out of me, Tittles. Uh, we should be expecting uh, Mr. Penalty in the near future. But until then, uh, what have you been playing recently? Uh, I've been playing Elite Dangerous, it's a spacey flying thing. Yes, and also uh, another thing that has a kind of oddly constructed name, speaking of <laughs> going back a couple minutes. Yeah. Elite so... Dangerous! It, it sounds like it's two adjectives, and you're expecting something else to come after. It's a Elite Dangerous Space Pilot, but no. Yeah, no. It's Elite it's, comma, uh... or Elite Colon Dangerous, is it not? That's right. Yes. Although I should stress, it doesn't involve colons. <laughs> no, it's got it's got its following among the sort of people who follow it. Um, I'll give you a bit of background on Elite because strangely, it's something that it's one of those odd things like Moomins that British people know and American people don't know. Um, but the original Elite came out in the late eighties, originally on girl BBC Micro. Yeah, Mode Seven font. Woo. Yeah, and. Um, it was a kind of very early open world game, and there's a lot of stuff in it ahead of its time in a way. It had vector graphics and, um, well, obviously, asteroids had vector graphics, and an open world and procedurally generated universe, sort of. Um, and basically, it was yeah, you're in a spaceship. Go and make a name for yourself by shooting things or trading things or just flying around aimlessly and then dying when you fail to dock because, you know, 
user interfaces weren't what they are now. <laughs> Seriously, docking was like a whole big. I mean, I should preface this. Just, just like in real life, never, really. Well, quite. <laughs> but um, I've never actually played Elite. I played the sequels, Frontier and um, Frontier First Encounters, which changed things up a bit. They set it now in the real galaxy rather than an entirely procedurally generated one. And they introduced Newtonian physics, which made space battles very interesting because <laughs> by the time you spotted a bad guy, you'd be flying at two billion meters a second and you'd just kind of fly past each other and then have to turn around. <laughs> I've never seen it, but apparently they have got um, some sort of G4 simulation. So in graphs that can turn really quickly if you jam flight assist off and turn as fast as you possibly can with the turbo it's quite possible to black out oh that's actually cool (laughs) yeah it's the same sort of thing really um trade shoot make your own fun really there's missions and bits and pieces but by and large there's not much of a story and it's very much a make your own entertainment sort of a game in in a way that you know even the open worldiest games don't tend to make it as bare bones as that. I mean, it's going to be the theory is there's going to be all sorts of stuff added to it, but for the moment, it's um, you have to be prepared to enjoy the raw experience of flying through space. <laughs> Dog fighting is good fun, though. I, I just go around bounty hunting things, and that's just fun on a bun. Well, I've uh, got one question about Elite for you, but uh, I'm actually going to try to get uh, Mr. Penalty in. Uh, Death Penalty. Mr. He, he Penalty. Is... Mr. Penalty. He is around now. I am indeed here. Yes. Jeffrey. Jeffrey Penalty has joined us. Tittles and Caves of Nars. That's right. Um, <laughs> Tittles was just finishing talking about uh, the game that he's currently playing, and I was going to ask, uh, it's Elite Dangerous, DP, if you've heard of it, and if not... Too bad we're not going back. You're just going to have to listen to the cast later on your own. Oh, I hate listening to us. I know, right? Uh, the, the question I was going to ask <laughs> you, Tills, it, uh, it sounds, and I've heard from other folks, or just general osmosis probably, that, um, that the game is kind of like a less MMOE version of EVE Online. Is that accurate? Um, I mean, yes. It's fairly... Um... Easy comparison. It's a big space thing where you make your own kind of, you know, career in space. Um, big space thing similar. where you make your career in space. Got it. Yeah. Well, you know, the thing is, well, I've never played it, Eve, so it's difficult to make direct comparisons. But from what I understand, there's, it, it's a bit less hands-on in Eve. It's slightly more pointy-clicky direct the action rather than manually throttle your joystick. Oh, yeah! Um, But the first thing I thought when I heard of Eve was this is Elite. It's an MMO, so, you know. Very good. That's really interesting, yeah. Anyway, that's Elite Dangerous. Check it out if you think you're going to like that sort of thing. <laughs> uh, and filling the role of Laz today will be Tittles. <laughs> it's a great game. You should play it. 
I I have been playing uh well Final Fantasy 13 too yet again. I am uh. so close to being done now though. Like close meaning I will have uh 1000 gamer score on it as well as all the internal stuff done. Well, so great. Yeah. Well, I it'll it'll be only my second game that I've ever gotten a 1000 gamer score on on my Xbox. So, that's it's a big deal to me. And we're all very proud of you too, Josh. And it, and it still it still took less time than uh, I have put into Final Fantasy Thirteen One, and I don't have that game at one hundred percent yet. So, nor will yeah, I. Yeah, I think that says more about the game than it does about <laughs> you, doesn't it? I I genuinely wanted to go through and and do everything in thirteen, but my uh, my disc doesn't work for some unclear reason so doing everything in 13 is brutal though because you've got to do all the titans trials and to really have a chance at doing that you've got to do um trapezohedron farming and that's yeah. just painful I, I have very little interest in doing that now uh, but yeah. there's two words for you about your disc lucky escape <laughs> yeah did you have anything else to say josh or should i <laughs> I always have I something else to say. <laughs> I saw like half an hour about Elite Dangerous, and I'm like, I'm playing 32 again. Moving on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think I did, but you so rudely interrupted it. Um, <laughs> no, I don't have much else to say about 13.2. Uh, I did get a little bit of a start, finally, on um, Burial at Sea, the Bioshock Infinite expansion. Oh, yeah. I really haven't gotten very far in it, and I haven't been able to pick it up again lately. But... You should you should get further in it. I, I, playing I do want to... It feels weird because of the story conceits that they add in. Um, I believe that you've told me before since you have played it, Tittles, that they, they do explain some of why the characters are so... the main characters are so awkward um, yeah. without getting into spoilers for anybody who hasn't played it, but... They, it, it feels like so... you. <laughs> yeah. It is... Um, it's a depressing experience as a whole, and not because it's not well done, because it's very well done, and I'm glad I played through it all, but it's... It's... It's a sad time, and I, I think, you know, already you'll be feeling like, oh. This isn't how I want things to be, and well, I mean that only gets worse. But at least you can see why these things is, <laughs> which you don't at the beginning. I I will be excited to see how they set up a uh, visit to Columbia in the second part. I will have to play through this more soon. But uh, before we do that, before I go play video games, uh, DP, have you played any video games lately? Been pretty busy, but I've played some Skyrim in the last, I don't know, a couple weeks or so, uh, which is a throwback. I've already played it many, many hours. Um, but, you, can, uh, you can always come back to Skyrim, though, can't you? It's, it's one of those games it, it you is. can always find something to do. If you it really is. It. Um, yeah, not, not a whole lot else. Um, I've actually been, been thinking about getting Final Fantasy XIII too, but because of how busy I am, at the moment, I haven't gone ahead with any new purchases. So. You've brought up uh, Final Fantasy thirteen two DP, and things that you would like to play. Um, that's going to be a good transition into our topic for the day, in which we're going to talk about the Final Fantasy games on PC. So, as I alluded to, uh, or did I allude to it? I don't know. I'll have to fix that in post. Um, our topic today is the yeah, resurgence see? of uh, Square Enix games on PC. Yeah, you didn't say that I before. probably didn't. But 
Again, no. fix it in post. Yeah, fix it in post. Um, You're very singy lately. I am Josh. very singy today. Is this because of the influx of, of, of Disney films in that your life in the last couple of years? <laughs> she just came in here and I'm gave singing. me a hug and then ran back out again. Oh, oh you didn't run out? Sometimes. Okay. Oh. <laughs> yeah, oh, you're okay. Now she's taking books off my bookshelf. They're okay. my books, okay. not hers. Um, yeah, but yeah. Uh, the show, I think. <laughs> Cujo. Um, Square Enix on PC. Uh, this is... <laughs> we don't keep that on that bookshelf. Um, wow, the Concast... Okay, thank you. The Concast really is blue this week. That's... Uh... He keeps that one in the cellar because you don't use it very much. <laughs> well, we keep uh, that in the cellar because that's where the dungeon is. Okay. <laughs> okay. There we are. That's what Jeff I, I will thank you to not mention my wife by name when uh, we are talking about such things on the Concast. Because <laughs> you and Jocelyn don't need that. <laughs> Jocelyn sounds like I hired an escort. <laughs> Who's to say ah, you did Fair point, fair um, <laughs> Square Enix on PC, on Windows. It's not a new thing. Um, way back in the 90s, uh, Final Fantasy 7 and 8 were released for Windows XP, so that was awesome. No, they weren't. Well, you had Windows okay, XP fine, yes. Uh, they were released for Windows 95, or 98, wasn't it? I, I'm thinking of XP because XP was where 7 broke horribly. Uh, um, Seven just broke horribly on anything that wasn't the computer they tested it on. Frankly, it was never that stable. I mean, and at that time, I mean, yeah, at that time, um, they obviously were not in the same mindset of of porting games and making them available uh, in the same way that they are now. Obviously, where you know Final Fantasy Four is on eighteen different you know devices and counting. So it's not terribly surprising that that the old Final Fantasy VII PC uh, was was not up to uh, was not up to um, you know systems other than what it was yeah. On. I mean, it came from an era of some very horrible console ports. I mean, there's a PC Metal Gear Solid One, believe it or not, that is really reckoned to be uh, in the same yeah. levels of dire. Uh, it's yeah. kind of, it was the beginning of the, like, PC war cry of, oh, rubbish console port, that I think is mostly a bit unfair these days. I mean, so what if stuff's designed for a gamepad? Just works better for most things. But in those days, it was totally justified because you just got a lot of stuff turning up that was, just wasn't right for the platform. Um, one of the worst things about well, there's an awful lot of things to say that are bad about Final Fantasy VII PC. I mean, the, to give it a plus, they did fix some of the weird translation errors, so that ain't too bad. You mean in the most recent version? No, in the in the original PC FF7, oh, really? it okay. didn't have it didn't have toughering with a P, and it didn't have off course, <laughs> and a lot of the really serious spelling and grammar issues were um, sorted out. But those were our favorite um, parts. Well, that is true. You do miss a lot yeah. of fun. This guy. There, there, yeah, there's, there, there, yeah, there, there's a little bit of charm that is lost. <laughs> yeah, in the that is true. Because so I don't fix all the bugs in Sonic 3, not just because I'm incapable, but because some of them are funny and enjoyable and don't really ruin it because you have to go looking for them. But 
I digress. There was also, they did, I mean, it was running at double the resolution, which is a plus and a minus. They had a really nice, um, upscaled version of the font, which mm-hmm. as a kind of person who likes that sort of thing was nicely done. And the models don't have polywobble. You know what I mean, right? Just PlayStation 1 models have just random vertices all over the place <laughs> instead of looking yeah. correct. But for some reason, having higher resolution models led them to think, you know what these models need? Really out of place looking mouths. <laughs> Honestly, Cloud looked a lot better without a mouth. That's <laughs> how it should have stayed. You may notice that Cloud has no mouth. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We have to go uh, there. Yeah, um, if you actually go to the Con YouTube channel, if you've never seen the PC version, um, there's some videos up there that we recorded a couple years ago of all of the limit breaks. Uh, mm. And that was recorded from the original PC version, not the re-release, because yep. it wasn't out yet. And you can see a little bit of what Tittles is talking about. There. Well, if you look at battle scenes like that, I mean, as far as I recall, those are just flat out better. Oh, yeah. Because it, you don't have it's really the field where you have those issues mm-hmm. with because the added mouths to the to the tiny models yeah, and also the, the wee models. The, the big problem with the field is that the models are upscaled, but the background graphics are in the original <laughs> resolution. Yeah. So it just looks the background looks really muddy, and it makes it even harder to figure out where the path is in places. Yeah, which was never really that easy anyway. Which is why they had that option to show the cursors and the exits on there. Mm. The other issue is the, the movies in the background, and I got a funny feeling this is improved in the re-release, but I don't, I can't remember now. The background movies are horrific quality on the original PC release, just absolutely awful. And they don't have on the PlayStation because they use their kind of proprietary MDEC format. They, I believe, they could actually layer them so. You know, the characters appeared behind things they were supposed to be behind and in front of things they were supposed to be in front of, and that didn't happen on the PC. So all of a sudden, once the background switches to an FMV to do some motion, all the characters are in front of everything, and it looks stupid. It's just... It's not... uh, it It wasn't well done. But great news for PlayStation 4 gamers, because, you know, that's coming out for them. So... (laughs) Thumbs up. Yeah, nobody cares about PlayStation 4 gamers. We're talking about PC, the PC Master Race, right? It is, it, you, you've got to give uh, a nod to that great announcement. <laughs> yeah. Since we uh, haven't had a chance to talk about that in a concast. <laughs> well, 17 years ago, the great... A great game came out on all the consoles. I was going, oh my god, because of this movie. And he doesn't dispel this illusion in any way until the videos start playing and just gradually. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we need to open the floor to DP on that particular point because DP put it better than anybody else when he posted news about it last month. Go ahead, DP. <laughs> well, you know, it's, uh, Final Fantasy VII. Yes. Um, <laughs> succinctly done. Yeah. <laughs> the um the the other bit I have to mention is the the great accent of the guy who was announcing it. And I'm disappointed if you didn't pick it up in the news post, but the bit where he sounds like he says upskirt original graphics <laughs> is my favourite. 
Yeah, you know, I didn't, uh, you know, we make these decisions day to day, and I, I cover that. Uh, a lot of big, a lot of stuff to talk about. But, but the upskirt original graphics are the only selling point. But I, I think we can say, you know, I don't think anybody actually played Final Fantasy VIII on PC. I know I didn't. I don't think. Oh, did, did you really? Yeah. Well, I didn't have a PlayStation. Oh, well, fair enough. So, I, I guess you really did, couldn't compare it then, but was it abysmal? Um, more more well, abysmal than Final Fantasy VIII would normally be. Uh, we'll set a baseline. Well, this is the problem. It's so hard to, you know, to really separate the porting job from the quality of the game in general. I would say I don't think it worked as badly as 7 PC. I think it largely has the similar issues in various places, but they're just not as noticeable in that game. The thing is... FF7 looks better than FF8. That's the thing I took from playing it on the PC. I think, like, I don't know, the, you know what I was saying about the models just having not polywobble and not PlayStationness about them? I don't think it, FF8 improves the situation as much on the PC as FF7 did mm. somehow. Because, like, my recollection, I always talk about Renault having triangular legs, and that's all from the PC version. It's just, like, the geometry is not very good on those models. And they just look bad. And because the, the, the seven ones, I've often argued this point, the seven ones look kind of stylized, like they're not trying to be totally realistic. Right. And the eight ones are, and you can kind of see the join where they fail to be. On the other hand, though, the newer released versions of those PC uh, 7 and 8. I mean, they seem to have gotten some things right, obviously. They, well, I mean, Final Fantasy 7, the Steam release, and the non-Steam release, yeah, the, the recent release, um, it's essentially yeah. just the same game, but with the patches that can make it work on a modern system, wrapped in an emulator. Well, to be fair... Well, it's not an emulator as such, is it? It's it's still the native PC code. It's the same 90x stuff. Okay. Okay. I, I actually I actually did that. think that there was an emulation layer in there, but I haven't played it, so I can't actually make. I don't. Well, I haven't either. I don't believe so. I mean, generally, it'll just be. If you're going to emulate it, you emulate the PlayStation version. It's, yeah. it's like it's <laughs> native. It there. There's nothing to emulate. It's native Windows code. It's just got. It will have yeah. those fixes in to tweak it. Well, but, well the well, elephant in the room we haven't mentioned is the music, which... Oh, God. Oh, yeah. And this was the big complaint with the, the re-release, that they hadn't done anything about it. <laughs> yeah. um, and to put some background to it, uh, the, the PC versions... If you go back to the 90s, music <laughs> in games wasn't really always just a recorded piece. In fact, a lot of the time it wasn't. A lot of the time it was procedurally generated, and so it was in Final Fantasy VII and Final Fantasy VIII. Which is why, you know, if you're going to talk about the FF7 music in general, I always say it's got lovely compositions and really crappy instrumentation, even on the original PlayStation version. But the PC was something else, because it was just converted to MIDI. If you had a kick and run sound blaster like me, and you could load the sound fonts, then you got something reasonably approximating uh, the original PlayStation versions, and as a special bonus, they even had a separate sound font that they loaded during the final battle, so you got the uh, choir lyrics. Oh, wow. But clearly that, you know, loading sound fonts on proprietary sound blaster stuff isn't something that really translated in 
the modern age of steam-powered gubbins, and, and that I mean, really didn't. Honestly, even when that game came out the first time around, it wasn't like most people had that kick and sound blaster like you just referenced. A lot of people had moved no. to onboard sound by that point, and it just wasn't an option. Yeah. So they just got the lousier version of it, no matter what they yeah. did. And yeah, that that is that that was a very good point. Again, uh, is something that I remember hearing about, and then had completely forgotten about in the context of this conversation. Um, but one thing to DP's earlier point, they did start to get right, not just, you know, in trying to generally improve the games for the release, but they added in some more of the stuff that is more of the hallmark of current gaming, uh, specifically an achievement system. Um, yeah. When they did the non-Steam release, which came out first, obviously they didn't do a very good job of that. They kind of stuck in some lousy achievements. And they weren't tied to anything. They were only tied, like, to within that game. So I don't think there was any way to compare achievements with your friends or any of that stuff. It was all just, you know, something that got tacked onto the game and had no real purpose. When they brought it out on Steam, they did port those achievements. Like all achievements, you might argue. (laughs) Yeah. Carry on. Um, When they ported the game to Steam, they did actually make the uh, achievements um, Steamworks enabled which made them better. The actual settings or the actual requirements for those achievements were still kind of dodgy from what I recall. You know, it was more like, oh, did you make it to this part of game? Have an achievement. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't anything. There's a lot of that for old game re-releases to be fair. Yeah, you know, it, in fairness to the point of the music that I didn't get to finish before, they did patch it. So it uses the PlayStation. Ah, that's right. I do remember. And that's what I wanted to, and that's what I wanted to say too, because they got a lot of heat for, that yeah. certainly, um, and they they worked to address it. It's on Steam. It's got five thousand some positive reviews and three hundred negative. Probably. Well, I mean, I I played it on the PC originally, and yeah. there's no real. You can't really argue that the current release is worse than what I played, and it was fine. I really enjoyed it. And if you're coming to Final Fantasy VII and you've never played it before, and you're thinking, I want to see what all the fuss was about. Seventeen year old or whatever it was, then it's it's a perfectly good way to play it, and it's probably a lot less faff than trying to set up a PlayStation emulator so that it works with the twiddly yeah. back and swirls and all that rubbish. It's it's fine. There's nothing horribly wrong with it as of the recent patches. I think. Yeah, and that's, and that's all I was trying to say. That's all I was just trying to clarify for for you know. Anyone who's listening, that there's a difference between it being a um, a, a satisfactory port and and it being like a I don't know um, an improvement or any or something like that. you know yeah it's not great but it's you know it, it's it's still it has make, problems yeah. the PlayStation version didn't have and if you particularly if you were used to that version I can see why you'd be upset by it but. But ultimately, it's a pretty reasonable way to play the game, and yeah. it's the only way you can probably keep via legit. Well, no, you can still get it off so. PlayStation Network. Yeah. Oh yeah, of course. But the PS4 version is going to be <laughs> yeah. this version anyway. So, uh, FF8 has the same issue with the music, by the way. It's slightly different. They used some. I think they used direct music APIs that have came out since then. But actually, I quite like the PC version. It has its ups and downs. Anyway, that's the answer. You know, interestingly, because of the way that 7 and 8 were released and then re-released much, much later, we, we kind of jumped forward in time to uh, a cross-era of what Square was doing on PC. Because for a while, I mean, for a long while, they, they did virtually nothing on PC. 
point we, we, we come across a few times that Square as the kind of the developer, the developer in house yeah. Square did nothing. And in the meantime, they bore up companies that were doing a lot of things on the PC, IDOS being the yeah. obvious one. It's funny actually, the um, PC FF7 and I think FF8 were both published by IDOS. Uh, yes, that nice is look. correct. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah there, there's a little, there's a little irony there. <laughs> I'm probably making this up or conflating some memories, but I have this feeling the IDOS logo got patched out of FF8. I could, I'm possibly making up though. Well, you know what's interesting? Uh, I, since we were all looking at Steam a minute ago, I actually just searched for uh, Square IDOS as a publisher on Steam, and yeah. uh, mm. even the 2013 release of Final Fantasy VII comes up as a Square IDOS published game. Square IDOS. Uh, also, um, Final Fantasy VIII actually is in the list as well. Um, sure. But yeah, to that point, you know, it was games that were not developed directly by Square for a long time. I'm looking through the list now. And it would appear that, you know, in that time, it was pretty much The Last Remnant was the only actual yeah. Square-developed game that I can see on Steam right now that they put on PC themselves. Yeah. And then after that point, really, I mean, Last Remnant, when is that? Uh, uh, that was... 2012? I lost it. Uh, no, 2009. Oh, wow. Oh, goodness. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, and that's several years then before they have... You know, you know what's what's happening now, which is as you said, you know, rightly I think a uh, a bit of a PC uh, renaissance for Square. Actually, if you look at um, the end of last year, there was a um, Square Enix State of the Company kind of event that they held, and and part of that, in addition to some other rather interesting things like trying to break into the Russia market, um, is they say that. Um, that they're trying to work more with PCs, which is obviously the trend that we've already seen, but the fact that they're making that officially part of their process of adaptation to, uh, you know, the market over the next couple of years um, is telling. I, I want to make a Soviet Russia joke, but I think I'm going to let it go. And even then, though, uh, you know, we kind of briefly forgot there there is a little bit more to it than just that, even because there was the era of the Square Enix MMO on PC, which obviously, you know, you think MMO and PC is where you think. And there's yeah. been there's been yeah. three of them, you know, Final Fantasy XI, the original abortion that was Final Fantasy XIV, and then the new good Final Fantasy XIV. Yeah. And if well, XI... Well, I mean, good is... Relative. Well, it's it's good but if you're an MMO player, is gets, what I understand. Yeah, MMO players consider it good. Do they still consider it yes. good? I, you know, I don't think we need to spend too much time on the MMO part of everything, because, you know, none of us are MMO players, so we're probably not the best people to speak to it anyway. But also, you know, no. it's, that that is just another step in their evolution as a PC developer. And I think the more interesting yeah. step in the evolution yeah. is what we've actually gotten to now and what is alluded to by uh, the comments that DP was making about their last um, uh, conference or whatever you want to call it. And and that's, I think, you know, a pretty promising thing if you're both a uh, Square gamer and a PC gamer, because they are putting more effort into it right now. Um, they're still not getting yeah. it right, but if if you look <laughs> in the last six months, you've seen the um, iOS version of Final Fantasy 3 get up and released on PC. Uh, you've seen Final Fantasy 4, the iOS version of that, get the same treatment. I got, I got um, three words for you, Josh. Mm -hmm. Low 
hanging fruit to continue that's, with our well, toilet no. theme. Yes, I, that's certainly true, but <clears throat> there's a couple other things. I mean, they've also done it with, of course, the Final Fantasy thirteen trilogy, and that's, you know, perhaps more... And let me let me that, let, that's let, what let, I was. Let me make a point about the Final Fantasy XIII oh trilogy, right? On the PC oh specifically, so it's irrelevant. Okay. You re-release FF7 PC, you get a load of flack for uh-huh. it being substandard for a PC release of the game, and hey, to their credit, they fix some of the big issues with the music. Now let's release Final Fantasy XIII. In a 720p window, that as soon as you press <laughs> escape, the whole thing just goes without saving. Now, That's again, the PC games. How do you, like, not, it's like, it's like, this is what I always feel with Square that I keep putting across and you don't agree with. It's like, they, they can listen to what people say in a very specific sense. They can take <laughs> on board very specific feedback, but never the spirit of that feedback. I'm like, yeah. the next no. thing they release, they will make some other hideous blunder because no one has specifically told them not to do that wrong thing. And yeah, and no, you know, I'm not going to disagree with you. I, 13 is the prime example of exactly doing that. Um, you know, I, I am a very forgiving person. I like the fact that they decided to try... Oh, good lord. <laughs> it's uh, give me yeah, a they're not happy with you. <laughs> Okay, I, I like the fact that they attempted to put in the effort. Um, they didn't get it right, no. And and they deserve every bit of flack that they get for how badly they botched the 13 release. Well, here's the thing, but though, at the end yeah. of the day, you know, you can fix a botched release. And on PC, that's even easier to do, even with today's, like, always-on consoles and everything. Yeah, but here's my point about effort, though, right? In the olden days, when they published F7 and FF8 PC, they had to go through the whole, gotta mint those CDs, yep, gotta, we gotta go gold, boxes, we gotta, yeah. gotta distribute them out, gotta send them in big boats. These is just like, make a program, put it on the Steam and you pay some money. And that's, it's given the fact that, you know, if you develop an XNA title, it probably works on the PC anyway. It seems like there's probably, you know, a lot of stuff, almost everything could just be released on the PC. That's my feeling. And just whether it is or not is a purely commercial decision. And my feeling is they've changed their commercial decision and that hasn't involved as much effort as it should into making a good impression with that commercial decision at this point. Yeah, and, you know... I guess you, you can't put the horse back in the barn on that, I and mean, they definitely did screw up. Um, the problem, I mean, the bigger problem with the screw up, for me at least looking at it, is that they messed up the Final Fantasy Thirteen release. Okay, so then they produced the Final Fantasy Thirteen patch, but that patch almost did nothing to improve actual, you know, gameplay performance. Um, yeah. I mean, they, I, I believe they fixed some of the, some of the weird, uh, resolution issues that they had, which were like, you yeah. know, glaring, like you can't not fix those. But, yeah. um, from all accounts I've read, like the patch did very little to improve the quality of play in 13, yeah. which is, I mean, obviously a huge failing. And it's one of the things that, you know, if, if you can make a good patch, 
I'm, I'm pretty willing to overlook the flaws of the original release, especially for a company that, I mean, is somewhat new to turning these things around on the play, on the PlayStation, excuse me, on the PC. Um, I, I think. Albeit a company that owns a lot of other companies that squirt yes. PC games out of their rear end on a regular <laughs> basis. They probably could have asked to look over it. Yeah. And I mean, part of it is, I mean, part of it really is in their attitude. Uh, again, from that same, um, from that same briefing that I mentioned earlier, there is a weird way in which they see these ports as, um, let me see if I can bring up the specific quote here. Um, here we go. Uh, blockbuster titles require huge investment. However, we can recoup the costs on a lifetime basis because of their long-lasting sales. For example, PC versions of Dragon Quest VII and early works of Final Fantasy series are still being sold yeah. after their launch 20 years ago. So, yeah. I mean, clearly that the attitude by which they're, you know, approaching the PC right now is very much the attitude, even though they're coming out, you know, only a couple years after the original Final Fantasy XIII's, the attitude is still the same of, this is a port, this is a moneymaker, and it's being done for the sake of being able to fund, you know, the future big project, rather than putting out, you know, um, the product to yeah. its necessarily. Yeah, it's it's kind of indicative of a very interesting paradigm shift with with game titles in general. In that, you know, you have traditionally, I mean, you look at those rare SNES cartridges or PlayStation discs that are really expensive now. You produced something for a while, and then you stopped producing it, and that it was likely to be the last money you ever made from it. In, you know, 1994 or whenever 6 came out, you know, nobody thought they were ever going to make a penny off that again. Yeah. But with digital distribution, you don't need to worry about continuing to press physical copies and get them out in stores. You just have your title sitting there. So somebody 10, 15 years later, provided it's been patched up for modern operating systems, can just plonk down some money and buy your game directly from you and get some cash back from it. Yeah. It's interesting in the context, in a completely unrelated context, but I find it kind of interesting to this point. Um, there was a patch to GTA San Andreas recently, um, and it removed half the yeah. music because they're not licensed to sell that music anymore. So it's a, it's a change that catches people out in a way that clearly they hadn't licensed that in a way that was um, well suited to perpetual sales. It's unfortunate to people who did buy the digital version when it included that music. Now it doesn't. So I, for what it's worth, um, I wanted to actually get him for the Concast today, and I, he didn't think he was going to be available. But I did just ping Blaine, who has actually played the 13 series on PC, and he didn't actually have any complaints about playing. Uh, he did complain when 13 first came out about it not being in 1080. But um, yeah. he has played both 13 and 13.2 now and said that he had no issues playing either. They played just fine for him. So, uh, you know, obviously mm. your mileage will vary. And, you know, you can't deny the fact that 13 was a bit of a cock-up when they first released it. Clearly, yeah. <laughs> it wasn't like some huge insurmountable issue with the way the game was. Oh, I guess we'll have to release it in 720. They just didn't think. Yeah. 
at all. Yeah. And I mean, and yeah. that, that goes very much to your point, you know, they, they take in the feedback and they can only process it in exactly one way. Yeah. And that way did not say, hey, gamers like 1080p, gamers like big monitors. Gamers oh, just like who the knew? same thing to stretch to whatever window yeah. or screen size they're using. Yeah. It's how PC games go. Yeah. So, I mean, you know. It is a glaring, I mean, that is a glaring, and I mean, obviously when they, when they did 13.2, they, um, that that issue was was fixed, but I, I would have loved it if they released that in just seven twenty again. That would have been, that would have been oh. really funny. Surprise! But I think it does. I think what Josh what Josh is talking to playing here is a shame we couldn't have him in. Um, calls to mind is the fact that to some degree the performance issues that we're talking about here are it's degrees of being picky uh, in a sense, but it's it still signals something. Um, you know, you, well, in, in, in absolute fairness, an attitude. Yeah, I mean, in absolute fairness, there's an awful lot of publishers who get black for poor performance on their PC ports or just poor general production. I mean, Grand Theft Auto 4 on the PC performed awfully on the contemporary machines of the time <laughs> for no very good reason. Yeah, tell me about it. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see, obviously, if third time can be a charm. <laughs> Since they do have a third shot at this, um, man, um, it will well, be like interesting to, to see. I mean, now that they have, I mean, this is clearly a time. I mean, all of these PC versions are coming out after the, you know, original versions. Obviously, this is not rocket science, but it, it will be. Yeah, it will be interesting to see um, now that they've sort of gotten up to speed on PC releases. Um, it'll be interesting to see once they start putting them out sooner to the actual original releases of the games, if they'll start thinking about PC releases in the original, you know, process of making these games. Yeah, and yeah. So the yeah. tier one release yeah. platform. Concurrent development, not subsequent development. Second yeah. kettle. Because, yeah. It, yeah, I mean, like, like we said, it, it, they really do treat these right now like, like just a mm-hmm. port, and as a result, yeah. you know, it's, it receives the same amount of consideration as, you know, say Final Fantasy V on the Game Boy Advance did. Actually, that's a lie. It receives less because Final Fantasy V <laughs> on Game Boy Advance had a whole new, had a whole new dungeon involved. It's like a whole new game. And, and you know, and yeah, you can continue to beat up on the current uh, status of how they're doing things, and you know, I think that's valid. But I think that it does show a great deal of promise, and it's something you just touched on by referring to, uh, you know, concurrent development and treating Windows as a tier one environment. They haven't really had the opportunity to do that yet after they, you know, announced this new plan. But, uh, the fact that they are putting out these games, the Final Fantasy 3s, Final Fantasy 4s, the ports, the fact that they are doing that on PC is going to be a good learning experience for them, and they have a flagship release coming up relatively soon and we, we will see if they're able to take the lessons of these ports and also the lessons of final fantasy 14 and turn them or also the lessons of all of their subsidiary companies you know uh if they can learn from yeah. watchdogs and thief and tomb raider um yeah well what'll be interesting is presumably there are the release they're working on is something that was started before they had this plan in place. Also true, so. but it's something that started and stopped and, you know, kind of died midway through, so it's hard to tell whether, yeah. you know, what will cause the impact on that. Eh. Well, it's rare that a game that sits in development <laughs> hell for a long time ends up being super 
Yeah, that's, that's, that's fair. <laughs> I, I, I will say that, you know, I'm trying, personally, I am trying to maintain some optimism for this because PC is probably going to be the platform on which I play Final Fantasy 15. Well, I'll say I this, don't I, own I, I, a PS4 and I don't know that I will. Of the game in general, I mean, obviously based on the preview stuff I have seen, you know, it does seem like they're trying to address the things that I would say they need to address with the series. So, you never know. Yeah, and it would be be irritating to find it's actually a game I would really like, but the PC version's a stinker. After all that, (laughs) they do a PC version, and it's awful. There, there is some promise to what they're trying to do here, but there's a lot of peril as well because you know if they do release another game that is just absolute garbage on PC. I I think Final Fantasy XV might be their last chance to really get it right out of the gate before people, you know, all the goodwill of the people saying thank you for finally releasing games for us is all. Yeah, and I think they do. I'm not sure anybody's saying that. I think they. (laughs) I mean, I think they do have that awareness of. uh, I mean, definitely in in a few of the recent news posts on Final Fantasy XV, they they have that awareness very much over them. Um, and the company, looking at their financial records, knows that, you know, developing a game, a, a full flagship game like this, is it's got to be able to pay itself off, and it costs a huge amount of money. And so I do expect there to be, for 15, a, a PC release that's planned ahead, actually, uh, unlike these others that have all been retrospective. And hopefully yeah. that will, you know, um, that will mean it will not do some of these silly mistakes that they've had in these yeah. in these ports that quite frankly like they probably i mean get, give them flack for it, but they pro- like you know they clearly are just putting those out there pretty quickly they don't have <laughs> they don't have these being addressed by major teams or anything you know yeah you know it's kind of like what Tittle said a few minutes ago about developing an XNA and making it easily portable if they do learn their lessons properly the the barriers to developing for Windows should be far less than they were even when they were porting the Final Fantasy 13 games. Yeah, uh, and that that should be a good sign. Uh, and that, you is know, also, that is also mentioned in the, in this briefing that I've that I've alluded to a couple times already. They do mention that um, that they expect with with the tools they're using for for their HD games. Uh, HD games is a weird title that they use in a lot of context so i'm not take it for what you will but they do say that they expect there to be more fluidity between um releases on different platforms in the future well fingers crossed there's really nothing to do but hope that they continue to learn i guess which is a silly thing to say about um you know one of the largest gaming companies in the world but well no it isn't though because i think that you've always got to learn how the market's changing and how what people want is changing and how and how technology other, is changing well, technology <laughs> and and you know the state of the art just in terms of design and what other people have done and how they've been able to this has always been my complaint of like Square were really um, at the top of the field in terms of telling a story in the 90s mm-hmm. and they didn't get worse at it yeah. but other people managed to do it better they, in games. they didn't they didn't adapt um, at all no, and, and they they never brought it forwards to and, ever challenge anything anybody else had done. And you can which you can make kept my interest better. 
You can make the argument that maybe they did get a little bit worse at it, too, while other people were simultaneously getting better. I'm, I'm not here to make that yeah. argument one way or the other. But, yeah, you know, no, you, could, the, you could quite easily put that. The, those facets are something that, you know, really is not as easily fixable as just coming to terms with your technology and using it properly. So, yeah. you know, if if they're going to be able to adapt to one, let's get them focused on the technology and let's get that technology right and then let the rest of it follow. Because a lot of things, you know, if you're not writing good stories, you can try to hire better story writers. But if you have a fundamental technological issue, that's harder to deal with just by bringing in new people. Um, Tittles, you yeah. work in a technological yeah. field. I work in a technological field. I, I think that proves out in a lot of technological fields. Because so just... oh, the flip the flip side to that argument, though, is if if you look at the first release of F-13, you had the resolution problems, for instance, and they were patched. Mm-hmm. But you're probably not going to be able to patch the story. <laughs> true. That, that is or the true. the gameplay yeah. as easily. But it's I think like... make tweaks. Oh, God, that that's, that's probably coming. Design. That's probably coming down the pipe. If, it does, if it's not Squeenix <laughs> oh, yeah. that do it, it'll be somebody. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, it, you know, well, I mean, it kind of happened with... Um, Mass Effect 3. Mass Effect 3? Yeah. yeah. And they, that's a pretty good example of, yeah, I guess everything's yeah. on the table they, now. I mean, I think what, what Josh was saying highlights the fact that questions of technology are intimately related with questions of platforms and marketing in video games. I mean, it's not just a question of can you put a game on a phone. It's a question of can you put a game on the phone that does these sorts of interactive things that, you know, the market is actually looking for. Um, and I think in that degree, it is very hard, you know, I, I think Josh is right in, in that sense. It's hard to just sort of pluck someone up who can, you know, do that because it's, it's, it's about setting your technology in a way that, you know, makes the proper appeals to your audiences. And so that's why, I mean, really we've seen in the last five years or so square trying to catch up and learn what they should have been, you know, learning, you know, the five years before that. Let, let's let's put the cards on the table here, even though it's way too late to do so now. <laughs> the triple oh, uh, <laughs> Yes. Have any of us actually played any of the games that we're talking about other than maybe the original Final Fantasy VII PC and Final Fantasy VIII titles, as you mentioned? Yeah. Nope! So, obviously, you know, we're talking... A, don't undermine well, no, it doesn't. Policy. It doesn't. But what, but what I'm trying, <laughs> what I'm trying to say about. here is that uh, heretofore, the PC offerings that Square has given us haven't really given us a reason to go out and put down that money yet. Uh, a lot of that is probably because they're ports. Obviously, I have. Uh, if I want to play Final Fantasy three and Final Fantasy four and three D, I have my DS Lite to do that. I don't need to go buy them on PC. I'm tempted. If they go cheap enough, I might, because I actually like playing on a PC better than I like playing on my DS, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, Final Fantasy XIII, you know, uh, DP and I have played those games on consoles, so we're not aching to get them on PC. Yeah. But, you know, my, my point in saying this is that, you know, we, none of us should be closing the book on what they're doing on PC, because it, it's not time yet. And uh, because we like the smell of the pages. Well, <laughs> we love that. We certainly love that. Uh, so, you know, anybody out there listening, if you have experience with these games, we'd love to hear about it because we haven't been able to get it firsthand ourselves yet. But I, I think we can all agree that there's a lot of promise behind what they are trying to do right now. And if the games, you know, if if the games are playable, 
and they are brought over to PC well, which are things that people can do. You can make a good game. You can make a good game on PC. If Square gets it right, you know, I think that it's going to be really good for everybody, and that's the main takeaway that I want to give in this Concast. Well, good for you. Whatever. Enjoy. <laughs> that, that'll be the title of this Concast. Whatever. Enjoy. I think we... Dot, 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 whatever. Whatever, enjoy the case of Narsley. <laughs> I dreamt I was a moron in a But before we go, uh, you know, it'll be too late by the time we get this Comcast out, unfortunately, but uh, just wanted to call out to um, our friend PJ at Games Done Quick. Uh, they're running... Yeah! Yeah! PJ! Yay. They, they are running, um, as we record this, uh, I think Tittles is probably actually watching it right now on another screen, but uh, as always, you know, you guys are doing great work. Uh, I haven't got to watch much of it myself this time around, but um, the game list looked somewhat interesting. I like that you guys continue to branch out. And, uh, you know, keep doing the work that you're doing because it's awesome. Uh, congratulations to, uh, PJ and, especially know. PJ because he's, a, he's a funny dude as well. Yeah. And, you know, he's always a longtime friend of Khan and has even appeared yeah, on the, uh, Concast he, once. Yeah. So. It, it was yeah. a good Concast. Shouts for doing that. We'll have to uh, get him back if he's not too much of an international celebrity these days. With that shout out out of the way, let's wrap things up. We are Caves of Narsh, and you're listening to the Concast. You can find us at cavesofnarsh.com or on various social media under the name Caves of Narsh. For our interstitial music today, you listen to the Final Fantasy VI Victory Fanfare. And on the way out today, you're listening to Vile Peaks from the Final Fantasy XIII OST. Thanks for listening as always, and we'll talk to you again soon. <laughs>